everyone and welcome to the latest edition of counterweight i'm eric brazier and i'm here with joel goodwin how you doing joel i'm doing fine thank you very much apart from the blue screen of my computer which you've now recovered from so we this week are going to do something a little different and we are going to talk about fear of twine uh fear of twine if you don't know what it is uh, is a, a two-month-long exhibition of twine made primarily by people that have never made twines before uh, i think a couple of the people in fear of twine had made twines before uh, this was engineered by my friend, I should say, as full disclosure, Richard Goodness, and features 16 works, also full disclosure. One of them is mine, and one of them is Joel's. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have decided not to talk about our own twines for, I think, obvious reasons. Because they're very about... good. They don't really need to be reviewed. That's right. They're perfect. There's nothing wrong with them in any way, and everybody loved them, so we have nothing to say. Uh, so we are going to talk about the other 14 twines in fear of twine and what we thought about them. Okay. And I I think what we decided is we're going to start this by talking about debt in room one. That's right. I think, um, instead of, uh, there are a lot of names in here. I'm not sure how to pronounce. So I think we should all pronounce them all proper wrong. So debt is by uh, Tony, um, um, Prilo. Yes. Tony Filodo. That's good. So, debt. Uh, shall I just kick off with this and uh, we'll see how it yeah, goes? Go ahead. Um, yeah, debt is, uh, I think everybody plays debt. They realize debt's got no branching in it whatsoever. It's pretty much like a, it's almost like a, I, I guess you could say it's like a, a text movie, <laughs> right? I think yeah. that's a, a pretty good way of putting it. And it depends if it's your kind of thing or not. I can imagine some people saw that on the first page and thought, right, that's it. Goodbye, fear of twine. If that's what twine is, I, I, I can't be twined with it. Um, but if, if you're willing to sit through it and I, I, I kind of liked it to be honest. Um, I really, uh, um, I, I've had some issues with the, with the story itself, but I kind of liked that, you know, it, it was kind of interesting to watch and, the, and some of the sound effects kind of, kind of played into the text. It was nice to see how, you know, you can splice in, um, you know, uh, what's it called media into how, how a twine plays out. It's just it really, it's not something I, I thought about when I was writing my own, um, yeah, and I think I think Dead is interesting because uh, you know I think goodness, and I can refer to him by his last name, which is hilarious. Um, I think he chose this one, and I don't know because I haven't talked to this, talked about him uh, with this, um, because it's sort of a little, it looks different, um, and also it's very straightforward, and so it, it's kind of a, a, an easy way to sort of, I guess, get into the pool that is Twine. Um, you know, I, I I think on a technical level, it's very interesting, and I, I like the look of it. Um, I think it could have uh, could have played a little quicker. Um, I think some of the you know scrolling text was just a little too slow for me. Um, but I liked the story a lot, and I think I liked this one primarily because I did like the story, and it was sort of this science fictiony. Um, you know, takes place in 2020, and uh, you are a inmate who is searching for someone who didn't pay their cable bill or whatever it was i think water bill or something um spoilers <laughs> yeah there would, there would be spoilers uh and you know I, I you know i don't know how far we want to go into talking about actual like um story uh, analysis and these twines because frankly i just don't think we have um the time mm-hmm. you know we, we could do 14 counterweights on on each one of these i think um or at least you know we could do you know one counterweight on each room um but we just don't have the time for that either 
But uh, yeah, I, I liked debt quite a bit because it did kind of, like I said, you know, go into some of my areas of interest, you know, politics and, and, and sort of um, late stage capitalism and, uh, you know, wage slavery and all these sorts of things. So I, I liked it. I just thought, I mean, in terms of like the, the story, I, I just felt like it was a little bit uh, heavy handed. I mean, the actual uh, execution was, I really liked the execution, but the, the kind of like it was all over us you know a small amount of money or whatever it just felt a bit too heavy um uh, so that 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 that's the thing i mean I, I had no problem with that kind of kind of story just it just felt a bit too too overplayed for me but you know that's the only thing i would i would i would i would say negatively from my point of view but the interesting thing when i i saw the list of the names when fear of twine was announced like these are the names these are the the twines are going to be in it i thought well those got kind of weird names that looks kind of interesting and then i started with debt and i'm I'm like i'm like what what the hell i thought this was supposed to be amateur stuff (laughs) (laughs) i was like i thought you know we're gonna see a bunch of twines all in white and black you know with blue blue links and then you've got this fucking terminator uh, you know um uh, type type show going on here with with a with all the timing and the media going on it's like oh god maybe i need to go back and visit my twine again and change it a bit <laughs> yeah i think that's interesting and i, I think that's a, that'll uh, be a good segue into into duck ted bundy which is the second twine um in room one which was by uh uh Kolobtera kinboat i guess we'll say that um kimbotti i think that sounds better sure okay uh, and this one, I think, was on a technical level very straightforward. Like you said, this was what people think of when they think of first time twine. This was, you know, white, uh, you know, white background on black text. Yeah. Um, it is uh, manic, though, and <laughs> strangely, I could not get it to end. I think you just kept murdering things. Um, yeah, I and think, also, I mean, my feelings, they're, they're only bad endings. I haven't had this confirmed by anybody, but there are a few bad endings, of course, where your adventure comes to an end, uh, your, or should we say your killing days come to an end. Yes, I think so. And, you know, I kind of killed, I think, I think I got up to like 10 ducks or something. And then I was like, okay, I'm bored with this. But I like this one to a point. I think it did some interesting things with Twine. Uh, and, I, I think what I most liked about it was just the writing and the sort of the manic energy that it had and the sort of insane nature of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's just kind of something I think that I, I liked it, I think, because this is something that you probably couldn't do. This wouldn't make a good short story, for example. So I, yeah. I kind of like it on that level. Um, I don't know. What, did you, what do you think about it? Yeah, I really liked it. it just it made me, I can't remember if I actually laughed out loud, but it certainly made me laugh, especially the, uh, arrival, uh, sudden arrival of a few sound effects which were unexpected. Um, oh, the quacking, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and also the um, uh, when you're being chased by a duck. Yes, yeah, it's just like uh, it's just hilarious. It really is. And I think from from the point of view of you know we're not going to talk about our own twines, but just from the point of view that this is the only other twine in the exhibition to feature a penis, um, <laughs> I will say that I was appreciative of that fact as well. I'm not sure I was, but. We'll we'll just leave it there, um, but yeah. The, the what's also interesting about Duck Ted Bundy it had it had a, a manic energy, but it almost it almost it all, it also reflected a certain um, like an amateur writing kind of feel to it. Like you know what this is? Yeah, I haven't I haven't written like tons of twines or whatever, uh, so I'm going to just put this thing together how I see it and see how it sticks. And that was kind of more in in, in what I expected out of um, out of the, the exhibition in the first place. That isn't to say it. it 
it's it it feels like it's not polished i i don't think i would want to change very much of it apart from possibly you couldn't go on killing the same ducks again and again yeah um, but it's it it it's kind of like the the thing that they say about twine is that oh well you know, anybody can 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 write their own stuff you know anybody can write write a twine if they want to anyone can make a game and this is a kind of thing that you know it's nice to see fallout that maybe you wouldn't have seen this bef- you wouldn't have seen this if there wasn't twine this just probably would never exist yeah no i think that's a good point and i think your 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 also your point about it feeling unfinished is is quite accurate because you know on a technical level um one of the things i think that's it's not exactly difficult to do it in twine but it does require a certain amount of of coding expertise and a certain amount of knowledge about even how to do this but um when you have a list of items and and duck ted bundy has a list of items and it's sort of this is how you find ducks in which to murder and uh ostensibly i would think that ideally once you click on a duck and once you murder that duck that would go away from the list but it it doesn't um and this is again i don't want to talk about my own twine but this is a problem i had with my twine and so you know i just i find it interesting that like there are these things about it that feel like maybe this wouldn't be the way that uh that she would want to do this if she had a bit more uh expertise in how to make twines yeah i think Um, i followed up um i think she wrote a little bit about it on her blog and uh, said something along those lines it was like on the one hand it's like you know it wasn't really important and on the other hand it was difficult to figure out how to do it right exactly it is very difficult i i will say that although um, there are several of course there are a number of twines in our list uh which do do, do this sort of thing i mean i'm even even mine i think that there it is possible obviously it's a little bit it's a higher level of twining if you know what i mean it's not just simply sticking down nodes on a, on a page you have to start thinking a bit more about you know programming yeah and how things go in and how things go out and what's going to disappear and how they all link up and yeah, yeah. It, it, it can get it can get very messy um and i think messy is a good segue into our next twine which is the conversation i can't have <laughs> messy uh, it's the good segue but that, the conversation i can't have looks very nice i mean I it does it, it's a it's a beautiful looking twine i mean it's just uh it's just crystal clear. Yes, and this is by uh, by Morgan Rill or Rillay or Ryle. Remember, uh, remember, mispronounced Rillily. Rillily, yeah. There you okay. go. I can't roll my L's. I, I, I get in trouble when I go to Espanol. Um, España. Uh, I uh, this is I think the first twine that I had a problem with. <laughs> frankly, okay. uh, it was I think probably one of the more traditional twines in the game and I, I or in the exhibition I should say uh, in, in terms of what twine is usually used for, yeah. uh, which is to say a sort of personal uh, explanation or a personal narrative or some sort of you know personal uh, bearing of the soul okay. and I think on a technical level it was very good I think it looked very nice I think the writing was great I just don't care that much about other people's sex lives I find them boring. Okay, the matter of the great red. <laughs> um, I well, you know, I have I have the a similar thing. I'm, I'm not I'm not easily um, uh, bowled over by personal stories because we have so many of them today. Everybody has a personal story, and some people have a lot more than others. And uh, it, you know, I'm a bit personalized out, um, so it's very hard to convince me. I really want to read something about someone's life these days. Um, because based frankly you're all the same so when i came across this i just went with it and to be honest it it won me over simply because i i liked its tone um it was kind of 
I felt like it wasn't trying to. <laughs> she wasn't writing as a victim, and yeah, she wasn't and I, writing and as, um, and she wasn't writing to say, "Look, you need to wake up and understand this stuff happens." It was more kind of like, "Look, I'm okay, and why don't you try to understand that it's okay for me to do this?" And I really, I like that kind of um, kind of perspective on it, almost like educational piece in a way like you know let's just talk this out yeah no i think the thing that i i did appreciate about it was that i think she wasn't trying to convince us of anything which i think was refreshing um and again you know i I don't want to be too harsh on it because i i I think it's 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 a fine twine i think technically it's fine and, and and the writing is is pretty good um you know i just i feel like uh you know the tone of it as you said uh is is very non-apologetic it's very matter of fact and i i do appreciate that um i would like to see her do something else that perhaps wasn't about her her personal um sexual life and 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 what she could do with that you know or or at least say something a little more you know i don't know i feel like you know a lot of personal stories are just all about like this is how i am you need to you need to uh, accept me um, and hers was definitely not that. I feel like it was just like, hey, this is what I do. Like, it's fine. I'm okay. You don't need to worry about it, um, which I appreciated. It was kind of a different twist on it. Um, but, you know, I I kind of think about this in terms of like stand-up comedy where, you know, there's so many bad open mics where people just go up there and they rattle on about their life and they think it's really interesting. And, um, you know, you kind of have to take that to the next level. You kind of have to do something with that. And you have to realize that, you know, you're not just uh, monologuing in your bedroom, that there's like an audience and you know, twines do have audiences. And so you sort of need to realize how you're going to relate with that. And I think in those, in that sense, I think the conversation I can't have was one of the twines that dealt with the personal that actually realized that there was an audience that was going to be going through this. Yeah. Which I also appreciated. Okay. Well, that's, um, I think that's all we really want to say about that. Um, so should we move on to the matter of the great red Jag- dragon? I would be fine with that. Okay, uh, by uh, Jonas uh, Critters. Um, so uh, this is uh, one of uh, basically another foray into Jonas's lands of dream um, scenario. Scenario it doesn't sound right at all. Um, world um, franchise. Franchise. That's right. He's not monetizing it well. <laughs> um, well, Jonas uh, is a communist, so. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've written, when I wrote about this, I mean, I'm not, I haven't really, uh, I'm not, Lands of Dream stuff has never really kind of gripped me. I know it has a lot of people who really love it. And so it's just, I think it's one of those things that it's, you know, you get it and you love it, or it just kind of like bounces off you. So I wasn't sure what to expect from this, because uh, uh, Jonas's Lands of Dream games have a certain style. They're almost like uh, children's stories, but for adults. And I think that's kind of like um, the way he's always pitched it. Um, but I found I quite like the writing style. I really did like it. It's like, oh, I like the way Jonas writes. Um, and so I was really kind of taken like by this sort of like, um, sort of like, um, adult fantasy fable sort of thing. Um, do you have anything to, do you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with his lands of dream stuff. I, I, I did play, um, a little bit of, um, one of the, the only commercial one he released, um, uh, the sea will change everything, claim everything, yeah, the sea will claim everything. And I, I sort of, um, 
you know, not, not lost interest, but I, I just got sidetracked because it was kind of a, a very um, busy period of my life. And I, I want to go back to it at some point. Um, but, you know, so I'm not super familiar with, with Lands of Dream dreams and i did like this one i think you know again with twine it's always difficult for me because you know i'm not someone who goes to twines sympathetically i'm not someone who is twine fan necessarily Mm. and in one sense the matter of the great red dragon is one of my least favorite kinds of twine which is you know here's a wall of text and click on three there here's three things you can click on um (laughs) which to me is kind of like okay what what what's going on here but what I appreciated about this one was that it was trying to actually tell a branching narrative. And in a lot of these sort of short story twines, I feel like they're all going to go to the same point. Yeah. Um, but with this one, I felt like if I played this again, I would get a very different story out of it. Uh, and I liked that. Yeah. It, um, I mean, Jonas actually says in the game, please don't, play this more than once <laughs> right. um, which i wasn't sure what to make of that i still don't know what to make of that and but it's very interesting you can that the game is explicitly reminding you you could look upon the side on the the, the sidebar is sort of like um almost like an inventory but that's i don't feel that that's that's its purpose uh, the things that you gain as the game goes on it's almost like saying these things are remembered. <laughs> you know, this is this is these are consequences which you're not quite you don't quite understand. And when I got to my particular ending, I wasn't sure how much of that actually had any bearing on it. So I went through my particular story and tale, but I, I I don't know what that really played out as in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I actually took that a little differently. I kind of took that as sort of like a little progress bar, um, you know, because one of the I think one of the problems I have with twines is just like you don't know when the hell they're going to end. And sometimes <laughs> you're just like, come on already. So I actually appreciated that, that it was kind of like, OK, well, I think I'm getting towards the end, um, you know, so so I liked that. And I, I sort of liked the way the game ended uh, or the twine ended. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's much else to say. I think the the actual story is is you know, very uh, indicative of, uh, you know, Jonas's stories, basically, Mm. (laughs) you know, that this is the kind of thing that he does and he does it well. Um, And I think it was a, it was fine. It was a, it was a good twine. Were you happy with the ending? Uh, Your ending? (laughs) I I think I was, Um, you know, I, I, I sort of, I don't know. It was a little, like you felt debt was a little too, perhaps a little too on the nose with the sort of the, 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 the small amount of money that this person was being murdered for. Um, you know, I kind of felt like the ending that I got was very like, well, this person is handing out advertising flyers and this person is doing marketing. And it was just kind of like, okay, well you set up this fantasy world. And then all of a sudden you're using these sort of like modern day things to tell me, Hey, this is, this is bad. Like, you know, people just sit around and watch TV instead of going out and having revolutions. And it's like, okay, but you know, you could have made that point a little more subtly, um but overall i liked it yeah okay um so let's move on to zombies and elephants by um the other half of the go on i'm going to say this correctly um is it kirates yeah that's right oh wow uh it's verena kirates yes Um, and this this is in room two that's right we moved on to room two now uh so uh this is 
This is in a strange. It's more of a straightforward twine. Uh, lots of walls of text. I have to say, it's lots of text in this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I I already I, feel like we're gonna have a disagreement on this one. Carry on. I I didn't like this one. Okay. I I I'm I'm sorry. I just it 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 was too much text, and this is this is the kind of twine that I think I absolutely think of when I think of twine, and this is why it took me so long to play through all of the twines because I just, I knew that there were going to be a couple of these and you know, it was like wall of text, wall of text, wall of text, click on the last word in this long wall of text. Um, it was, the writing was, the writing was good. You know, I didn't have a problem with the writing. I liked the story. I just don't understand why this needed to be interactive. Interesting. Well, so I only played this a few days ago. Um, uh, and I put it off because I just, I don't know why, but I had this feeling it was going to be you know, a long one. Um, it was going to be a lot to read. Yes. And I, I knew I kept on putting it off because it's like, oh, it's kind of late. I don't know if I have time to sit down and, pl- and go through this one. Uh, but I finally went through it uh, this week. And yeah, there's this problem with Twine in general that if you have a lot of text to read, it's very difficult to get people to play it for one thing. And there's also the other issue of whether you're actually properly playing it. Are you actually reading the text? Or are you just looking for links? Do you get to that point where you sort of have wall of text fatigue and you just start going click, click, click. Oh, look, blue, click, blue, blue, click. Uh, I dead back, you know, and you're not actually engaging with what's on the screen anymore. Yeah. And there is, there is that problem. And I had to fight that a lot with the whole of fear of twine, basically, because my, my natural mode, as I've complained about before, is simply like, you know, see link must click you know i and it's just getting in the way of i don't know i'm not even sure what i'm doing anymore and i'm just clicking through these things finding an ending and it's not enough um so i kind of slowed myself down and i made myself read these things and what i kind of weirdly discovered is that when you do that sometimes i really like them <laughs> if I think maybe if I wasn't doing Fear of Twine, I probably wouldn't have got anything out of Zombies and Elephants. But because I made this thing about I am going to sit down and read this properly, I got into Zombies and Elephants. I just, you know, read through every page and, 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 you know, got as much out of it as possible. And I found it very effective having done that. So what I find very interesting, I mean, I, I really like this Twine. I think it's like one of my... It's one of my top, it's one of my favorites of the whole set. But it all depended on me being able to sit down and force myself to read it, which is kind of awkward and unusual for me to do when it comes to Twine. So what do we think about that? Because it reminds me of like this, like everybody wants, oh, we want more long form game journalism, something that's really interesting, but then you write something that's 5,000 words and then no one reads it. Well, apart from my article I did this week. I, yeah. I I mean frankly this is the, this is the thing that I struggle with and I you know zombies and elephants I think is a perfect example because you know I really did have to force myself to to slow down and read it I like I said I really liked the story and I think if it was just a short story I would have really enjoyed it um I just felt like it was kind of a, a not a waste of time but but a little uh it was a little disrespectful to the to my time that it was a twine because I could have just read this on the train instead of having to sit at a computer and click, 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 click. Um, you know, not to say that, that, that my time is then valuable or anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not Donald Trump, but, 
you know, I think what what really the problem with long form stuff on the internet is is just that it's difficult to read this stuff on a computer screen and you know twine long form journalism i have no problem sitting down and reading a 10,000 word article in a in a paper magazine but if you give me that on a screen i'm my mind is going to wander. I'm not going to be able to keep track of it. I don't know if it's just because we're old and this is not the generation that we grew, you know, like we didn't grow up with this stuff and people that, you know, kids that are growing up now are going to be completely fine with reading five and 10,000 word, you know, essays online. I don't know. Um, but, but I think it's just simply that fact. I, I don't think there's anything inherent in twine that makes it a problem because this is a problem in general. I think that's um, an, inter- an interesting point you mentioned earlier, which is, um, maybe, maybe some twines need a sort of progress bar, or I give you a feeling of how long this is. Because, as you said, if you get a short story, you can see how long it is, or even a, an article on the web, and you get a feeling for how long this is going to take you to read it, and then you horribly spot the pages one, two, three, and four at the bottom. Well, actually, um, you know, it's but, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I actually read a usability study which, which stated that that people actually liked the pagination uh, on long uh, you know long form writing online because it actually gave them some sort of progress bar <laughs> okay but i mean yeah just but for a twine you've got no idea how long it is you have absolutely no idea you can't gauge that you know some of them are like it's so funny sometimes you think it right i'm going to sit down i'm going to do this twine and five minutes later it's finished it's like what <laughs> I was expecting something a bit more in depth. How then, long did it? How long did it take you to get through zombies and elephants? Ooh, I think it was long. I can't. I wasn't timing it, but I think it was like about somewhere between a half an hour and an hour. Yeah, it took me about a half hour to get through it. So you know, that I mean, that's a long time commitment to, to ask somebody to sit in front of a computer screen to read something and and not know how long it's going to take. Um, and it, you it's, know, I, it 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 certainly. Um, yeah, I mean, I I just didn't. I mean, you. I, I only played it once as well. I mean, there's just yeah, I just yeah, I, yeah. Through. I only played it once too. I think you know, it makes me think of like how um, children's toys have a sort of like this will take you two hours to put together kind of thing, or like like flat pack furniture or something. You know, like <laughs> an estimate of how long it's going to take you to, to to put together. I think maybe twines, um, if they're long, you know, at the very beginning should say, well, at a at an average reading speed, this will take you forty five minutes to get through. And then it's like you could decide. You could say, okay, I'm going to do this now. I have the time. I'm in the mental space to to sit down and read this for forty five minutes. Um, or I'm not, and I'll come back to it later. I think the problem with a lot of these long twines is that you start you start reading them, and then you realize what you're getting into, and you're like, ah, and your brain shuts down, and then you never go back to it um, because you just don't know how long it is. That has happened to me where I've started going through a twine, and after about four pages, you just get, you get this feeling like, like, oh, this is a story about a 90-day journey, and you're only on day three after about 20 minutes. Right. Like, oh, click, 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 and suddenly you're, you're not playing it anymore, and that's kind of like the problem I've, I've always had. Maybe and I mean, I think we need some sort of uh, some indication that, you know, I said a progress bar or before you even attempt it. So like this will probably take you so much time. I think Richard said he wanted all the works to be like about maybe 20 minutes to play. And yeah. That's clearly not the case. <laughs> right. In, right. In, in here. Yeah, I mean, even even something as simple as, you know, if Twine could implement some sort of save feature where you could come back to it, you know, it's like, okay, maybe I would actually take my time and say, okay, I'm actually done with this right now. Let me I come back to it later and hit a bookmark or they something. They do. They do. They do have it now. The okay. later version have a bookmark uh, in the sidebar, which, of um, course, most of us got rid of. Okay. Well, that, <laughs> that, that answers that question. Yeah. 
Um, well, should we move on to a, to a very short twine? Okay. Workers in progress. Sure. Is it a short one? I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot I, of text in this. I, I found it quite short. Um, really? I mean, How I, much did you read? I played. <laughs> I played through it a few times, and it didn't seem. Yes, but I'm wondering that how much that, short to me. I, I just there is a lot of text to that, and there's obviously a lot of work gone into the different passages. But I felt that the reason it got quicker on replays is because I was starting not to read so much. Yeah, that could be. I mean, because you are saying the same things over and over again. Um, oh, we should say that this is by a uh, uh, Constantinople gnome, <laughs> a, a dipold. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, I, I I liked this one enough. I think it was very uh, uh it, it was kind of like sitting down and watching a nature nature documentary in some respects. Uh, it was obviously supposed to be sort of this you know educational um, journey through through the Greek political system, which I found interesting because I don't know a lot about it. Um, and yeah, I didn't find this to be long. Uh, I, I think it took me maybe fifteen minutes on an average playthrough to get through this. Um, I, I, I don't think that this really had the, the, the issue that, that zombies and elephants did. I, I don't think there's a lot of walls of text in this one. Right. Um, and frankly, it, it's quite short because, you know, there's, there's a couple of really long paths to the game and then there's a couple of really short paths to the game. And if you hit on one of the long paths, yeah, you're going to be going for 15 minutes. But if you hit on one of the short paths, you're, you're going to be over in five minutes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it's because uh, I'm, I guess, I'm more familiar with the Greek situation, even though it's kind of dropped off the news. Um, so I guess I wasn't reading as much because I was aware of lots of the things that were already going on. Um, if you, what I mean is, I wasn't going, oh, really? Oh, really? You know, I, I, this is like confirming what I knew. And so I was, I was more interested to see, so how are we going to play out the potential futures here? Um, and I think that's to where I'm not sure I. Um, that's kind of the way I have the issue with the twine because it, the futures. Obviously, this is like Noam's point of view, uh, and which is more of a socialist point of view, and that you know we need to stop austerity. Uh, we, stop, we need to stop killing Greece with with you know um, taking money out of the system and and destroying all the public institutions, and I'm I'm fully behind that, but you know from that point of view the the endings which end up with greece sort of like you know just uh keeping keeping all the you know um public institutions going and you know saying they're not going to pay the debt all are kind of happily ever afters kind of thing and where you sort of give in to europe they're all kind of like doom and gloom and it's like a very kind of like is this going to work to um convince persuade anybody that you know Greece shouldn't be going down the path of austerity if you didn't if you thought that Greece deserved what has happened to it do you know what I mean yeah no I think that makes sense and I I think it kind of makes sense to view it as a work of of speculative fiction in a way because this obviously is is Noam's point of view and this is what Noam believes and you know sort of um you know his own politics are are in this game obviously or in this twine and yeah, I don't know, frankly. I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, you know, you and I are both interested in these sorts of matters. Yeah. So, uh, of course, we are going to be receptive to this and we are going to sit there and we are going to engage with it and give it the time, uh, I think, that it that it, that it it wants from us. Um, you know, if you're an Ayn Rand, you know, Alan Greenspan guy, probably <laughs> not. You're probably going to dismiss it as sort of, you know, um, sophomoric rantings. And I think that's very wrong you know i i I, there's a lot of um 
thought put into this, obviously, and there's a lot of depth uh, to, to, to sort of the different ways that this can play out. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know that there's an easy answer to that question, honestly. Well, as I said, I mean, the, the other, other way to go down is to like, you know, not look like you're putting out your own views, but to try and look like you're impartial. But that's probably even potentially it's even worse because it looks like a piece of educational software, which is actually rigged yeah. behind the scenes, which, yeah. um, you know, which I think Noam himself actually complained about regarding fate of the world, where he felt there were certain political assumptions being made inside it, which, you know, if you're learning about how the world works from that, it's going to teach you the wrong things. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, so I think that's all I want to say on workers in progress. I guess yeah, we should leave room two room. because uh, we've just going to skip over your twine Saturday night and mine truth is ghost, which are both excellent, obviously very great pieces of work there. Mm-hmm. And there's in, at least one penis in one of them. That's right. Okay. Um, so uh, next one is when acting as a wave or when acting as a, par- acting as a particle. I'm not quite sure what the title is of this one by, I think it's David D- T. Marchand or something like that. Sure. Uh, I think that's actually close to what I was pronounced, but I probably got it all wrong. So this is probably my personal favorite of the entire set. Yes. Um, It is just, it's, it, it, it's, it looks simple. You start off and it looks completely incomprehensible, right? You just get these two links eat. I think it's eat, don't eat. And think, Oh God, what have I got myself into? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and you click through it more and it's just more and more links and you're not even sure what is what is going on but that's that's it's wonderfully it there is a story here and it makes sense just through links you just go through the whole thing clicking links and you're constantly reading the links the links are a response to events which are not talked about because there's no text so you're constantly imagining what the links are responding to. Yeah. And, you know, they always say like, you know, words are more powerful than graphics because words um, uh, really require the power of your imagination to create the, you know, whatever the world is. This is even better that, you know, it's like, it's almost like no words. Uh, you really have to invent the scenario from what, from what the, um, the links are telling you. And I just loved that. It was ex- really, really effective. And the way the, um, um, there was quite a lot of uh, the links would change, and suddenly it would the new link new links would start to appear, and really give this sense of um, I don't want to go too much into the story because really anybody listening to this and haven't played it really should play it, but it's got a sense of um, you know uh, lots of thoughts going through your head. Yeah, I I, I agree, and I, I I loved this one. This was my favorite one, and I think this is probably my favorite Twine in general. Um, I didn't know I had a favorite Twine until I played this. Uh, I took this as a commentary on Twine, really, and the fact of the matter that most of us don't read them, and you sort of you get these walls of text, and you're just looking for the link. Okay, so let's just make a Twine that's all links. Then, um, let's not fuck around, basically. Uh, 
I loved it. I, you know, and, and, and the, the, the fact of the matter is that he was able to construct, you know, a cohesive, coherent narrative that made sense uh, through just the use of links and just the, these quick choices in the game, right? Mm. Um, I, I, I found it amazing. And um, you know, the, the one of the even just to, on a technical level, just a little thing where like when you hover over uh, each link, it, it, it shakes. Right. And that's a very little thing. Um, but it's sort of, you know, it, it makes you a little off balance. And it's sort of, you know, OK, what what's going on in this in this guy's head? Right. Like, you know, is he off balance as well? Is he is he nervous? What what you know, is he shaky? Like, why? Why is this happening? And it's I think it's something that could be very easily overlooked. But I think it also adds a lot to the tone and the flavor of this twine. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much of it. But uh, it's actually, you could say it's, it's very thin in terms of uh, detail. Um, you know, because there's no descriptions, there's, you know, you can't really tell, say, tell you anything about the uh, different characters in this plot, because, you know, it's just a few links. So there's not much there, but it's, it's one of those, um, like, like, it's like a short story, which doesn't actually go into too much detail about various people, but you feel like this thing is very solid and real. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I, I kind of, you know, this is actually paradoxically, I think, one of the twines in Fear of Twine that actually, uh, you know, felt the most rounded to me and the most real because I, I did have to use uh, more of my of my own mind and my own imagination to sort of like fill in the gaps here. Um, I, I, I really found it uh, a very striking piece of work. And I, I, I um, you know, I think that if Twine was able to do more of this kind of thing, I, I think that it would be a lot more interesting, frankly. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess we'll leave it there. Otherwise, we'll get into spoilers. Um, so, The Girl in the Haunted House by Amanda Lange. Yes. Oh, I said it right. Uh, Amanda Lange. Lange, there you go. Uh, this one was, uh, was, was fine. I, I don't necessarily know that I have a lot to say about this one, so I'll, I'll punt it back to you, Joel. Okay. I thought it was also fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's damn it. What, what I like about this this one, um, it's one of the few which is it. It's the only one that it can, makes a completely inconsistent story. Uh, if you actually track through all the different branches, they do not agree. Um, depending oh. on what you choose, um, unreliable it, narrator. No, it's not unreliable narrator. It's just the fact that when you choose, when you actually move through the narrative, it actually it's actually changing the premise. I don't um, actually know what unreliable narrator means. I just wanted to sound smart. <laughs> it's a very reliable narrator. He said, "What you choose actually changes." Like, like there's like a one bit where um, there's a there's a body that's like cut open, and um, you know it's it it's like. Well, this should be one of the you know exhibits in the in the haunted house. Um, um, uh, it's like a, it's like a Disneyland funfair type thing, right? Walking through a haunted house. Sure. So the, the person there, that the girl you're playing, is is one of the people who is supposed to be like a dead body jumping out to scare people. But she starts moving through the haunt this this haunted house as well, and then she finds someone a dead body there, and it's like she, you know you have this choice to examine from afar or get closer. Uh, and it's like you're not sure whether it's real or not, depending on which one of those two options you choose, the body is either a real dead body or it's someone pretending to be. Um, oh, that's uh, interesting. I didn't get there. No, it, it, that happens all the way throughout the twine. I explored most of it because I, I went back and forth and thought I got to find some because I died a lot and I wanted to find some survival scenarios. I think there's two, maybe three survival scenarios. 
Um, but there's a whole load of host of differences in their way. It just, um, it, 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 the, the premise just changes depending on the branches you take. That's interesting, actually, and I think that's kind of you know that kind of speaks to I think the the idea that um, sort of this uh, not necessarily procedural narrative, but sort of this dynamic narrative, which which will change based on your own based on your own choices, frankly, mm-hmm. and, and and what you're doing in the game. So you know, it's it's, it's much less I think of an authored experience in some ways. Um, you know, I I didn't get a lot of that because I only played it twice, um, but I, I didn't frankly notice that. So I, I'll have to go back and play it again because now I feel stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's it, this is a, an example of something that you couldn't do, um, you know, in 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 a, in a raw short story format because this is all about if you weren't able to choose, this would not happen. Right, right, yeah. And it's not the only. Um, as I was writing about this week, this is a, a an example of a kind of you know a narrative form where you know the choices you make change the kind of story behind you, which you weren't aware of. Um, you know, like like the uh, the Stanley Parable, and I also mentioned um, Isle, which is a one move, one move parser interactive fiction, where every move you only have one move, but that single move will actually dictate the history of the character you are, uh, as opposed to simply what happens. Hmm. Well, should we move on to the scientific method? Yes, yes, do that. Um, so this is by e- e- Evil. Uh, it's very difficult to mispronounce this. Evil Rhoda. Evil, <laughs> evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. Um, scientific method, which is, uh, it. I guess it's it probably, I feel it's the simplest uh, twine we've got here. Um, I agree with that. It, it's, it's got one decision in it, one branch. And um, basically you have to, uh, can you save civilization from uh, a terrible disease, which is going to wipe everybody out when, two months i think it was and i thought it opened quite strongly um and then you have the decision and that's kind of it in a way and i I felt like i'm not sure the decision really does much for me it's like do you throw heads or throw tails and if you fail you just rewind and go back down the other path and it's sort of like um it's in a way, it plays into that problem I have with the whole choice thing anyway, because it's like, well, it doesn't really matter what you choose, because if you get the bad ending, you'll just go back and take the good one. Um, and there's only one choice to make, so you don't really feel involved. Um, and also the kind of family setting, um, it was a bit too perfect at home. Um, so I didn't really feel so much for the characters involved either. So it's like, it, I felt it started really strongly. And then when it got to the decision, it was like, oh, I felt like we'd, we kind of drifted away from um, it, the, the kind of promise it had. Yeah, I did. I did feel that it was a little thin. Um, and I, I, I like this one because I'm a, I'm a sucker for sort of end of world stuff. Um, so I'm always predisposed to like that sort of thing. And uh, I felt like this was a, a good setup what i what i didn't necessarily like about it was the fact that it was uh, number one it was i think a little too short i think it uh, you know and i think that kind of goes into the thinness of it i think it needed to be fleshed out a little more um and a way to do that of course would have been to make more of the family stuff more prevalent which i think sort of drops away yeah what what i find interesting about it is i I kind of take uh, a little bit of um 
objection to your good ending, bad ending thing, because yeah, yeah, certainly if you go down one research path, um, everyone dies and that's a bad ending, uh, depending on your point of view, perhaps (laughs) 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 maybe, maybe there's some, you know, weird people out there that, that want the world to to have no humans and it will refresh itself. And then in, you know, 500,000 years will be populated by a, a planet of, of, of intelligent dogs or something. Um, but but the good ending kind of ends with yes you cured the disease but then in 20 years a lesser one comes and so what was the point exactly and yes it's it was it's portrayed as a little bit less of a problem uh it's not nearly as virulent it's not nearly as as uh, doesn't kill nearly as many uh people uh but 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 still uh it's not a great ending i true, would say true uh, it, the problem is not completely solved at the end of it so um yeah, I don't know. I don't know that there's much else to say about this one, but I, I kind of, uh, you know, again, I don't know necessarily that this uh, benefits from being uh, interactive, really. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's go on to Drosophilia, um, which is, oh, wow, I'm going to have fun with this. Uh, Pippin Bear, uh, Gordon Callager, and Sidsil uh, Haman's Sons. And I really wish that Pippin Barr was a bear. That would be adorable. <laughs> um, now, this is probably the most uh, inscrutable twine here. Well, probably apart from my own. <laughs> but, um, uh, Drosophilia is, uh, I think a lot of people play this and go, what is going yeah. on? Yeah, I don't know what the hell is happening in this. Uh, and I made a game of it because I wanted to see if I could answer all the emails, and I did not. <laughs> so I I just accepted, I well, I assumed, uh, well, it's difficult to assume anything with this twine because it, it kind of, the twine is very, um, it's busy. It, it, it's, it doesn't feel like it's very calm, right? It, it just kind of buzzes around, if you want to put it that way. It, it It's like you're looking at the text and suddenly it changes. It's like, what? What and then it'll change again and then change again, and it feels like a, a sense of like it's a very kind of um, uh, it, it's it's on a lot of caffeine, and so I thought like the game of answering the emails I thought that was pointless. I, I felt like it was less like it didn't matter. The you would go in it would just give you um, different different subjects or whatever. Similarly with the calls you can take, and it's almost like there's just placeholders filled in. I, oh well, sure, but but I think that was kind of part of the point, though. Yes, right? I mean, so that, I I thought that wasn't what I was supposed to do. If you want to put it, I was supposed to like click, click, click. Oh, okay, that's not important, and in general, that's not important, and I should leave that alone and try and find something else. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, for for me, it was more of kind of a what, what exactly am I supposed to get out of this? And I think, from from my point of view, I kind of approached this as sort of a, a nice little uh, interactive art piece. That, that, you know, I don't think that there was much of a, I mean, certainly there's a narrative here and there's a little bit of a story here, but I don't think that that's the main thrust of it. And I don't think that that's the point necessarily. Uh, it seems to be a twine about sort of um, impressions and, and sort of feelings and, you know, kind of confusing you and making you feel a little bit off base. Uh, and in that respect, I think it worked, uh, you know. There's there's some sort of undercurrent of, of, of something going on and, and, and you know, the, the messed up text means something and, and this kind of thing. But 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 frankly, I think if you just kind of approach it and you never really engage in it on that level and you just say, oh, this is an interesting little art exercise. Um, I think it's, it was it was successful in that sense. 
Yeah, I think if you don't get it, it's still kind of interesting because it's it's uh, <laughs> it's like oh, I didn't a, get it. Yeah, if you, it's like watching a David Lynch movie and thinking, "Wow, I don't know what I just watched, but it was kind of fun." <laughs> Well, yeah, sure, absolutely, and I think you know that that's fine. You know, I, I I like things that work on more than one level. You know, I think some of the twines in, in Fear of Twine um, only have one level to work on. Uh, you know, and and certainly I I, I can't uh, I'm not throwing stones in glass houses because you know my twine works on one level, but <laughs> <laughs> you know it it is that kind of thing where it's like all right, well this this was cool. Um, let let's see what else is out there. Kind of was my reaction to it. Um, I think um, I do have a theory about what it was about, which I did put in the uh, in the forum and the appendix. Um, I'm not going to mention that here, just in case anyone does go off and think they want to check out what Drosophilia is all about. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the last room, which starts off with abstract state warp machines by Avelio Shpalaishev. Yes. Yeah, I didn't like this one. Okay. Is that um, because it was in blank verse? Yes. And I will explain this. Uh, I don't like poetry. I don't understand poetry. I don't get poetry. Um, it's just a blind spot with me. And uh, I also mostly don't really like twine. <laughs> so for me, it was kind of like, hey, here's a thing that combines two of the things in the world that you don't really particularly like. Have fun. <laughs> um so yes uh i am not big on poetry either i wandered lonely as a cloud no that's enough um so i wasn't looking forward to this i remember i opened it first time i thought oh that name sounds interesting abstract state warp machines you have my attention and then it comes up in verse and it's like shit i'll come back later <laughs> um yeah. Um, so I, I came back to it this week, finally, because I knew we were going to do this podcast and the exhibition is finishing soon. And I was surprised I was able to. It didn't it didn't bother me as much as I thought it was going to. It is a twine. You have to sit there and read. So it's a bit like I can imagine, you know, if you had problems with zombies and elephants, you would probably have an issue with this one as well. Um, what I like about this is uh, there's a lot of branching here and it's not altogether clear what you should be doing where you should be going um as i said it i think i said this before on the on the appendix forum as well that it's unfortunate this is like um uh what's the word it's like a parallel to the scientific method this is also about research and um you know trying to get to a goal but this one has a lot more in it and so i think it, it's it's unfortunate that the scientific method is, is kind of shown up in terms of complexity by abstract state warp machines um, and so I kind of liked it because there's a lot in here. And the picture I got was of the difficulty of scientific research from a personal point of view. The fact that you can't actually, it, you, there's no guarantee you will actually get anywhere. There's the possibility it'll be turned into a business that the whole idea will be undermined, uh, that your personal life will just disrupt and disrupt your emotional state because research is all about having determination. So I, 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 I love it's kind of, it had a lot to say. Um, but you did have to get through the blank verse to put it all together. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I totally, uh, you know, am, am, am copping to the fact that this is completely a failing of mine, um, that I just, I, 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 
I just don't engage with poetry and I just never have and I, I never will. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of really interesting stuff here, but I, I just, I wasn't able to do it, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, it looked pretty. I, I liked the, the sort of technical presentation of it quite a bit. And I, I liked the sort of old timey, you know, typesetting face um, font that it was using. And I, I thought that that was very evocative and indicative of, 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 of what it was trying to go for, I think. But uh, yeah, frankly, I just, I didn't really, uh, I didn't try hard enough, I guess, to engage with it because I just don't like poetry. It is a, a, a difficult one to get into. I will say that because there were a few times I wasn't sure what it was talking about. And I got a better feel of it after playing it so many times. I did play, I can't remember how many times I played through it. And it's one of those twines where it pre- pre- prevents you from um, rewinding. Yeah. Um, so once you made choices, you were done for. Um, anyway, I guess we should just move on. I think that's, that's pretty much uh, we said all we really want to say about that. Let's do it. Uh, so we're on to the work by... Um, uh, Kiora um, uh, Rune. It's getting harder to come up with funny names now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, this is another one that I don't know that I have a lot to say about. I, I sort of felt like it was okay, and 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 um, I don't know what did you, you think don't about know it? its secrets, do you? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Right, what what, what so was on, the secret? Is there a on, on a simple level, right? The work I found very interesting. I liked its little premise. Um, there didn't seem to be too much to do in terms of branching uh, initially, um, and uh, it, it, it's 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 beautifully written. I love the the sort of like um, uh, such this close analysis of how to write notes that that are supposed to represent other people and letters and things like that, and it's really well observed. It's it's like. Um, which which frankly was a little strange to me because that's also a plot point in the movie Her. So oh, I haven't seen that film. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure exactly if 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 this was something that was coming from that or if this was just kind of an idea that was floating out of the world. Um, so so it wasn't a new idea to me. And so maybe it didn't engage with, you know, maybe I wasn't as engaged with it as you were because uh, I was sort of like, oh, well, I've seen this before. OK, so um, and then you get um, you get then it goes into the ending. And uh, I had an ending and I wasn't particularly happy about it. I just felt like. Really, it's sort of like it, you know, uh, it was hinting at what was supposed to, what was going to. It hinted at like what the story was about, but didn't quite fill in all the blanks. And I felt like I like its weird ambiguity. And then I found out uh, in the last few days that the endings are random, and it has a lot of endings. If you play through it more than once, different things happen, and it was like you've what. And so the, um, I had an ending where I escaped before the first one, and it was just a little bit more too. It 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 talked too too much about the kind of like the environment of the story, and not enough, but almost you know it just kind of spoiled the mystery a little bit. Um, but then I had another ending. I tried to try to try to play a couple more times this week, and I had an ending where uh, I got relocated into a different room. And I was just like that was that was really good. That fitted as an ending that fitted it really well i felt like that's an ending i would love to have the first time and then i had another ending where i just um grew old and died in the room and so this brings up the question is there any point having randomness in a twine because there's another there's another twine we've talked about which has randomness in it which can affect things and that is zombies and elephants yes 
and you're not necessarily going to know about that randomness unless you play that game pretty hardcore in this yeah. one you'll find out pretty quickly if you just repeat it you're probably going to find out oh actually that didn't happen last time and it's not nothing to do with your choices so is there any point having random elements because i think from a point of view of choice it's a bit like um i don't know about this if you have a game which branches at 10 different ways you will go through the game and try and check out each branch and I feel like a random option, random changes are a bit like that, where you just like, well, I'm just playing it again to see the next random branch. And so I go through the 10 choices. I just don't have the control. But the insidious thing is that those choices are invisible. You don't necessarily know they're there. So if you don't get a lot of people playing it um, who are willing to spend time on these games, that information is not going to go out. And I don't think Fear of Twine is obviously hasn't, you know, it's not, it's not made the sort of IGF circuit or anything. So you're not getting millions of people playing this game. So I don't see the only person I know uh, who wrote about the randomness was uh, um, Martian, Martian. Sure. When acting as a wave. And that's how I found out about it. And if he didn't tell me, I wouldn't have known because I only played it once. Yeah. I'm not sure about that because I feel like in some respects it's, it's kind of a, 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 a gauntlet throwing down by the, by the author saying, okay, well, um, I know that people replay twine, so I'm just going to make this random in the hell with you. Right. Like, uh, it, it kind of makes a replay not pointless, but it makes it uh, a different experience because it's not, you're replaying it to find out what different choices you make affect the narrative. It's more just saying, if you want to see all the endings or you want to see everything, you just need to replay it. And it doesn't really matter what your choices are. So in that sense, I think in the same way that, um, you know, when acting as a, as a particle or when acting as a wave, uh, was, was sort of a commentary on twine. You know, you could also view uh, this twine as a commentary on twine by saying, you know, okay, I know that people don't necessarily read these and think about the choices they're making. So I'm just going to make the choices not matter. Hmm. Cause the thing is, you say that people would play it, but this is a, a twine which you could actually hit the back key on, backspace on, and yeah. go back. So that's why I didn't need to play it again because I could just go back a few moves and check out the other branch. Um, and I felt because there wasn't really much branching in it, so I felt like I'd explored the whole thing. And maybe you, what you're arguing is, if you can have random stuff, that maybe you need to find some way of encouraging people to replay it. Yeah, I think so. Or, think or have so. millions of followers who will all say something different. Hey, did you see that bit with the, with the mongoose? No. Were there the mongoose in there? You know, that, something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like how, um, you know, people used to talk about the, the random elements in like Fallout or something, right? Where you've, <laughs> you you come across these these random weird things like, you know, the doctor's, you know, TARDIS or whatever um, in the desert. Uh, kind of a bad example, but there we are. <laughs> um, let's move on. All right. So uh, what's the next one? Uh, the next one is, uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Kayotahe, uh, and this is by uh, Joseph uh, uh, Dominican, let's say. <laughs> um, and uh, this one, I think, is is our third or perhaps 16th political twine in Fear of Twine, depending on how you um, think about politics and, and view politics. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because I think in a lot of ways... Uh, you engaged with uh, workers in progress more than I did, perhaps because you are closer to the type of austerity politics that, that workers in progress was talking about. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but, uh, you know, I really engaged with this one, I think, because this is really an issue that affects, um, you know, America and, and Mexico in general. Yeah. 
and, and the border here. Um, and this is obviously a huge political issue uh, here. So I am curious to get your thoughts on this, Twine. Oh, I liked it. I mean, um, I felt like it was... Um, there are issues with it. <laughs> I'll come back to those in a moment. Um, but in terms of the story, uh, it, it's, it, I really like it. I mean, it's more about the struggle people go through to try and, you know, get over the border, right? And it's not, it's not about any political issue. It's not about, well, you know, obviously, you know what I mean? It's not about a big picture. It's about, you know, what people go through. And this is not like the easy option. This is like terrifying almost. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of that old, uh, you know, old uh, revolutionary slogan, the personal is the political, right? You know, yeah. That kind of thing. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it because it, it felt it felt honest. Um, I didn't felt I was being manipulated too much, you know, by the story. I, I don't know, of course, because I've never done this myself. But it 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 felt like it 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 pushed the buttons um, hard enough. <laughs> yeah, that's not how moving from Wales to England is. No uh, passport not required. Oh. In fact, when you cross over the Seven Bridge, you have to pay money as a toll. But leaving Wales, uh, sorry, going into Wales from England. So I don't know how that happened. Huh, that's interesting. That's kind of like how uh, leaving New York, you have to pay a toll. But no, actually, sorry, going into New York, you have to pay a toll. But leaving New York to go into New Jersey, uh, frequently, you do not have to pay a toll. And I think that's because they realize that people um, want to get into New York and will pay money, but will not pay money to get into New Jersey because New Jersey is horrible. Yeah, well, Wales is just like New York, you see. Um, Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, it's, um, I felt like, uh, it, it pushed the buttons just hard enough. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't really dial up the sort of sentimental value, um, and make you feel like, okay, I get it. You know, these people, you know, hard lives, blah, blah. It was just right. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know what I mean? It, it could have easily just, uh, teetered over into, you know, oh, my baby's just been born. I really need to take care of her. She's only three days old. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, it, it could really, you know, dial this one right up to 10, but it doesn't, my, it makes it yeah, a little my, bit more. My great grandmother has cancer and the only treatment she can get is in Texas, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. I think it, it, it definitely could have fallen into that trap. And the fact that it didn't is, is, is a fact that the, the authors is quite wily, you know, and I, I think this was also a first time twine uh, yes. uh, author as well, which I, I really found interesting. And yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's just a very, I think it's the kind of thing that I, I find interesting because it's it's a personal story, but it's not a personal story because this is not anything that this person actually went through. And they, yeah. he, he, he or she sort of very specifically uh, made that point. So it's it's I think not it's not exploitative in the way that a lot of personal stories can be, if you if you yeah. if you know what I mean. Um, the issues I do have with it, uh, they're not huge issues, but one is that it starts off, it sounds like a, it comes across more like almost like documentary style and expositional at the start and then drifts into personal story. And I, that doesn't really gel very well. It's a bit like a, you know, um, a, an old sci-fi movie where you see the, the, the text going up at the start saying it was the year 1973. And, you know, instead of just like going straight into the personal story and getting that to just fully cover the story for you. Uh, you know, and instead of just doing a sort of like expositional documentary style bit at the start. Um, the other thing, I didn't like the fact it threw links out. I, I guess maybe um, uh, the author would have preferred it if all that could have been embedded. They just didn't know how to do it. But yeah. I think it would be better if we'd had the Google Maps or the, you know, the pictures embedded in the twine rather than having to get new windows popping up every time you clicked on the wrong link, if you want to put it that way. 
Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think on a technical level, it's probably not one of the better ones in Fear of Twine. But you know, this is again was was about getting uh, people that had never made twines before to make one. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a degree to which you sort of have to just kind of um, yeah, I, forgive, I think for, forgive that sort that, of thing. It's these are not they weren't major issues. Uh, they were just things I thought you know I, I maybe this points to again like how twine is not as easy and simple as maybe it you know it, it can be portrayed as like anybody can make games then you try like right cool i'm gonna make it oh <laughs> yeah well should we should we uh move on to the final twine then and then maybe we can give some concluding thoughts about uh twine and our experience well i think we can and, just and skip the think. last one um and just um you know um no i can't <laughs> okay so this is um tweezer by uh richard godness and uh paper blowout um, I, I would have gone with God less, but okay. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Richard is the the creator, so um, we're we loved to, it. We're gonna have to vote it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how to approach this one because I I really liked it. Um, I I like the I liked the aesthetic of it, and I liked the uh, writing style a lot. Um, and I liked the fact that this was a uh, not a friendly fantasy world. <laughs> it was just sort of like. It, everyone in it was kind of an asshole and uh it wasn't fun i wouldn't say but i i'm sure there's some point to it that i'm missing um but but i enjoyed it quite a bit and and, and on a technical level i thought it was very well executed um yeah I, I have to say i wasn't looking forward to it because i've played richard's stuff before and i kind of i kind of bounced off it i mean i, I played some of his uh, early sort of like they're almost like twine parody twines uh, yes and it's like there's only so much of that i can take and it's like whoa this is a bit strong richard i think you're kind of um so i wasn't sure what to make of this and it's like this almost it's the total opposite of every other twine he's done um i would it's a real it, game i mean <laughs> frankly it is it's, it's it's actually a game um because there are things you can do in this game. it's actually it's it's supposed to be like this uh old style rpg and I think it comes out of his Might and Magic Adventures over God knows how many months because he can't afford a real computer. Um, and it's it's the word I'm gonna I'm, I was grab grab um, grasping for was charming. I think it's got uh, its own charm, even though it's a little bit harsh and you know it's it, it it's a very it's 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 kind of charming, right? It's just it's got its own kind of uh, voice and. There's something about it that says, look, we're just going to have a bit of fun, okay? Let's 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 not ask any questions. Let's just do this. Yeah, yeah. I I think that I agree with that totally. I think it has a great voice, and I think it comes across really strongly. And uh, you know, I also like the fact that it has a built-in ending as well. You know, it's sort of like three days. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Uh, and you can play it again or not. Uh, and I also kind of like the fact that the end of it is, hey, that was fun. Let's have another adventure. And I'm kind of like, let's not. Like, you know, I, I played it twice and I think that's probably enough. I uh, played this thing fucking loads of times. I have, okay. I have played this to death. Um, and I was determined to find um, Richard's achievement he'd hidden in there. And there are all sorts of weird scenarios that, you know, if you just do things, you get the right, right item and do things in the right way, then... You know, there are all sorts of weird consequences. This is a very, very complicated uh, twine. And I'm not sure. If it's probably the most complicated twine, I guess. Um, 
of, of the lot. There's a lot in here, and you, I was quite shocked that um, how many hidden endings there were in there. Essentially, when I mean hidden endings, I mean like early death. Um, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of secrets, and there's a this world is actually strangely consistent. There is a sort of backstory if you really care, and I, obviously there's a joke here that the backstory doesn't really care it's all in there there's the bit where you um talk to the centaurs earlier on they can tell you the backstory of the world and it just goes boom 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 and it's gone he doesn't really expect you to read it because uh, it's not important and too many games are full up with boring lore that no one cares about and but it's actually Elder scrolls sorry Elder scrolls there you go another game i haven't played thanks very much um and this but if you actually look at it there's like all these characters and places are all they're actually all the references all add up and it's um it's surprisingly intricate yeah i would agree with that this is obviously a twine that's made by by someone who uh is adept at making twines and uh you know if you had told me that richard would become this person uh, i would have laughed at you but this this is where we are and, uh, you know, I, I, I also appreciated the fact that it was sort of a commentary on RPGs as well, you know, because, of course, you're you're not the hero. You're not here to save the day. Um, you're just some asshole who came to this town and you're going to go d- d- mess some shit up and then that's it. It's over. There's, like, uh, there's one line in there in one of the um, one of the, you know, narratives um, where you said you fucking tourist. <laughs> that's who you right. are. Right, and I think that's interesting. You know, the item shop is not an item shop; it's a souvenir shop. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, little little things like that, where it's just like, yeah, the person who wrote this had a consistent world of mind and had a consistent voice, and they have something they want to say. And I, I think it was successful. And it, you know, and I, the thing is, it comes through though. It's not just like making like a um, uh, having a laugh at Call of Duty, like and just like because that's an easy target. This is. This is a this is a game which is sending up RPGs by someone who likes playing RPGs. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this is not someone who hates RPGs. Yeah, um, and also, you know, we we should not discount Paperboard's uh, you know uh, uh, collaboration with this as well because technically it's very good, and I think the design of it is great. You know, is it, I, is it Paperboard that actually worked on on the design? I'm not sure exactly how the you know the division of labor worked here. I believe, I believe, I'm not sure, I don't know, but I, I think the paper blurt actually designed it in the sense that he made it look like that. It's very good work. Yes, it was. It was great. I mean, it was it was spot on. You know, I, I felt like I was playing uh, one of those, you know, old games from 1983 or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was it was fantastic. I liked it a lot. Richard's your friend, right? He is. Okay. No further questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying this just because Richard is my friend. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, should we give some final concluding thoughts about Twine then? Yeah, we're not overrunning whatsoever. <laughs> not at all. Okay. Everybody so. wants to hear a ninety-minute podcast about Twine, don't yeah. they? Oh, this one's gonna this one's gonna hit the big time. Yeah. Um. So I would say because probably like you, uh, I wasn't a big Twine fan uh, when I started this. I mean, I, I was told to write, asked to write a Twine for it, and because I didn't like Twine. So, as a result, of course, I had to play through all these games because they're like, like, you know, who are my competitors? Because I want to know if I can win the prize. Um, and I was surprised that I think like my my approach, uh, my feelings towards Twine have changed. Um, I'm not necessarily saying I love playing Twine, but I know that I can get something out of Twine if I ever feel if I can ever get myself to sit down in front of one. I don't want to waste my time playing millions of Twines because there are millions of Twines, right? Um, but 
I was quite surprised at how successful Fear of Twine was at showing all of the different types of things you can make out of it. I mean, it's not just like your basic, you know, choose your own path sort of thing, but there's a lot of different stuff in here. Yeah, I think that there's there's a couple things there. You know, there was just a, 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 an amazing breadth of of and depth of of different experiences in this, and I think this was you know what I think one of Richard Goodness's stated goals was to sort of show what you could do with Twine, and I think he succeeded. There's a lot of different stuff here. Um, did it change my f- opinions about Twine? Not really. I, you know, I, I still don't like Twine. I, it, just because, frankly, I. I came away from Fear of Twine, if anything else, feeling like the vast, vast majority of people are using Twine incorrectly <laughs> because it is a it is a relatively new tool. And I think it does take time for those sorts of things to shake out. And I think, you know, what Twine, the path of least resistance with Twine is to do the sorts of things that Zombies and Elephants does or the Matter of the Great Red Dragon does or, you know, the, the, the Girl in the Haunted House, things like that which were the least interesting ones for me. The ones that I found really, really uh, engaging and interesting were, were things like Drosophilia and Tweezer and, uh, you know, uh, the one that I, I can't think of right now with the, with the links. Um, because I think it really showed that you could do interesting things with Twine and you could do things with Twine that didn't make them feel like Twines. Uh, what I don't like about Twine is that sort of wall of text click, wall of text quick click thing. Yeah. Uh, and so the ones that didn't do that for me were the ones that worked well. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if I'll play lots more Twines in future. I'm, I guess I, I would say I'm... Uh, feeling more respectful of twine so that i was being disrespectful but i felt like i didn't want to write about twine i didn't want to talk about it but as a result of working on fear of twine uh it was able i was then able to talk with a lot more confidence recently uh when i heavily talked about twine in you know the the article I did this week about choice um and so it's it has definitely been useful for me going through uh, fear of twine. I think it's like anything else, really. Though I think it's it's you know, it, it, twine was always sort of touted as a, as an easy way for people to make interactive um, stories or interactive games. And frankly, I don't think that that's the best way to get interesting work. I don't think that doing creative things should be easy. And if you look at the twines that I found most successful, I think they were probably also the ones that were the most technically complex. You know, there's a lot of coding involved in twine. You can get really down a rabbit hole with coding. And, you know, if you're just going to sit down and and, and do a quick, you know, 30 choice thing and have a really simple map, it's not, frankly, going to be all that interesting. Um, You know, my, my, you know, will I make another twine again? No, I won't. Um, I, I did not find it to be an, anno- an enjoyable, rewarding thing to do, frankly. And uh, but I think that's valuable to know, right? I, you know, I, I, I sort of came away with this with a with sort of a grudging respect for people that make twines that are that do something interesting. Yeah. And I also sort of came away with it as okay, I I kind of know. You know, if 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 David Marchand makes another twine, I will probably play it. Um, Whereas I don't feel that way about a lot of other people that make twines. Yeah. And I'm being diplomatic there, but read between (laughs) the lines. Read between the passages and the nodes. Um, 
okay, well, I think we should probably uh, wrap it up. I think we said pretty much all we need to say, and uh, anything else we'd say probably we'd, we'd regret. Um, all right. So I want to say thank you, Eric, for, uh, for, for pouring out your heart here. And uh, anyone who hasn't played Fear of Twine, I hope you find this uh, podcast might have been interesting in getting you to play um, one of them. <laughs> yes, and we should say that, that Fear of Twine is going to be going away April 18th. So if you have not played any of the Twines in Fear of Twine, you should go do that immediately because they do take quite a bit of time to get through all 20 of them, or all 16 of them, sorry. Yeah. I can't do math. Yeah, we didn't say that at the start because you wouldn't have listened to the podcast. Absolutely not. All right, well, I think that we'll call it a wrap. Yep, great. Thanks Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.